This is Adam Hulse. Thanks for tuning into this episode of my podcast. This week's episode is going to be a lot like last week's episode, except for this week we're going to be doing an AFC conference preview. Last week we did the entire NFC conference, so the format of this episode will be just like that one, except of course we'll be doing the AFC instead of the NFC. This is part two of our four-part NFL season preview series. So next week, part three, we're going to be doing a season outlook overall. We'll have some playoff predictions, some individual award predictions, maybe a Super Bowl pick, and then we will follow that episode with our fourth and final in this series, and that will be a week one preview where I'll look at some of the key matchups in week one of the NFL regular season, and I'll definitely have some point spread betting picks for that as well. So that's what you can expect over these next few weeks of the podcast as we approach the NFL regular season. So now before I jump into this AFC preview episode, I do have an announcement to make. This podcast, the Sports Talk with Adam Hulse podcast, is now sponsored. We are sponsored by La Touraine Watches, the best affordable luxury watches and accessories on the market. Please go check them out. Their website is la-touraine.com. I'll spell it L-A hyphen T-O-U-R-A-I-N-E.com. Check out that website, and then when you figure out what you want to buy from that website, make sure you use my promo code at checkout. It's a simple promo code three capital letters, A-H-S. That'll get you 10% off your entire order at la-terrain.com. With that being said, now let's jump into this episode. I'm going to start with the AFC East, and I'll start with the defending division champion Buffalo Bills. Look, I really like this Buffalo Bills team a lot. I said all last year before the season, during the season, I was very high on the Buffalo Bills. I'm even higher on them this year than I was last year. Absolutely love what they're doing in Buffalo right now. I think one of the keys to this team this year is actually going to be their defense. Last year, their defense struggled a bit and did not play very well. But if you remember back to 2019, this was one of the very best defenses in the entire NFL. I think that this season, they can get back to playing that way again, especially after adding some much-needed pass rushers in the NFL draft this year. Now that they have added that to this defense, I do think that they're going to take another step forward this year, get back to playing close to how they were playing playing in the 2019 season. Look, they don't have to be the best defense in the NFL, but if they can be a top 5 or 10 defense, it's definitely going to go a long way for this team, who already has one of the best offenses in the NFL. So if you can pair it with a good defense, that'll definitely go a long way to making this Bills team even better than they already are. Speaking of their offense, last season they were the number 2 ranked offense in the NFL, tied with the Tennessee Titans at 2nd, behind only the Kansas City Chiefs. A lot of that can be credited to the huge breakout season of Josh Allen. Josh Allen was in a make-or-break type of season last year. He absolutely delivered. He far exceeded expectations even. He played at an MVP caliber level all season long. He set new career highs in completion percentage, passing yards, passing touchdowns. He absolutely played like the guy that the Bills thought that they were drafting back when they took him. Great season from Allen. Way to break out when he absolutely absolutely needed it in his make or break year. One of the biggest things that contributed to that was them acquiring a true number one wide receiver for him. That was, of course, Stefan Diggs. Allen and Diggs immediately showed great chemistry from the start of the season, and Diggs put up the best season of his career as well last year with Buffalo. He led the entire league in both receptions and receiving yards, so this Allen-Diggs connection is real. They have great chemistry right from the start. I expect them to continue that this year. I expect 
Josh Allen to be in the MVP conversation once again this year. The thing that the Bills really do need to get going this season is the rushing game. They did not run the ball well at all last season, but I'm not giving up on the Bills rushing game. I do still think that Devin Singletary and Zach Moss is a good one-two punch because of their contrasting styles, and I'm a big believer in their offensive coordinator, Brian Dayball. I think he's one of the better offensive coordinators in the NFL. He's a great, creative young mind on the offensive side of the ball, so I think he's going to figure out a way to get some production out of his two running backs and pair that with all the great things that Josh Allen has been doing at quarterback. So all that being said, I absolutely love the Buffalo Bills outlook this year. I do think that they're going to win this AFC East division again, but in terms of value for a betting play, I'm actually going to pass over that one. Their line is at minus 160. I don't really like laying that kind of juice on a division winner, especially considering teams like the Dolphins and Patriots are low floor, high ceiling type of teams. I could see them winning anywhere between like 7 and 14 games, which is like a ridiculously wide margin. Kind of harder to predict how those two teams are going to look. While I think that the Bills are the best team in the division, I think that they're most likely to win it. I don't like the value on the division winner line, but what I am going to play with the Buffalo Bills is their over on their season win total. That line right now is set at 11. Definitely think the Bills are going to go over that. I see them winning 13 to 15 games, somewhere in that range. So we're going over 11 for Buffalo Bills wins this year. Okay, now let's move on to one of those teams that I just mentioned in the New England Patriots. The Patriots had a very weird season last year. They had a ton of guys opt out of the season for COVID reasons. A lot of their key players, a lot of their key starters. So they will get the luxury of getting all of those players back for this season. And then they also made a bunch of moves in the offseason as well to improve their offense, including adding two tight ends in Jonu Smith and Hunter Henry and two wide receivers as well in Nelson Aguilar and Kendrick Bourne. I give the Patriots organization credit. Their offense was very stale last year. It was some of the worst offense that they've shown in a very long time. So they went out there this offseason. They added more pieces. They got them some help, which for them should hopefully improve on the offensive side of the ball. At the quarterback position, it's still unclear who is going to get the week one start. It could be rookie Mac Jones. It could be starter Cam Newton from last season. These are two extremely different styles of quarterback. Cam is, of course, an excellent rushing quarterback, big and powerful, great on the ground. While Mac Jones is more of a stationary quarterback, he doesn't really have the running game, but he is way more accurate in the throwing game than Cam Newton is. So it's interesting that each of their strengths is the other one's weakness, with Cam's strength being his legs, Mac Jones' weakness is his legs, Cam's weakness is his accuracy, while Mac Jones' strength is his accuracy. So it's going to be interesting to see who Bill Belichick and Josh McDaniels decide to name their starter for week one of the NFL season. You know that the Patriots are going to be good on the defensive side of the ball, especially with them getting back everybody who sat out last year. I think they're going to come up with a game plan on being a dominating defensive team like they've been known for for so many years under Bill Belichick. I think they're going to figure it out on that side of the ball. Not worried at all about their defense. There's a lot of question marks on the offense 
defensive side. We'll see how that all plays itself out. And as I said before, I think there's a very low floor, high ceiling type of team for the Patriots. It wouldn't shock me if they went on to win this division, though I think that the Bills will win it. Wouldn't shock me at all if the Patriots were a double-digit win team and were a very good team this year, but it wouldn't surprise me either if they were really bad too. So a lot of question marks for the Patriots heading into this season. Same can be said for the next team in this division, which is the Miami Dolphins. The Dolphins were one of the biggest pleasant surprises in the entire NFL last season. It looks like their rebuilds stage is kind of coming to an end, and they're now a competitive team. They were very good for a lot of last season. They unfortunately just missed out on the playoffs, but they were ahead of schedule. They were not supposed to be that good that year, so though they barely missed the playoffs, the season was definitely a win for the Dolphins. They also play excellent defense under head coach Brian Flores. They're a very opportunistic defense. They attack the quarterback. They attack the ball in the air. They go for the turnovers. They create things. They try to make things happen on the defensive side of the ball, and they're very good in doing so. Their biggest question mark is at the quarterback position. Quarterback Tua Tagovailoa last season, he looked good at times. He definitely struggled at times as well. I haven't given up on Tua yet. I thought he was awesome coming out of college, coming out of Alabama. I really liked him as a quarterback prospect. I'm not giving up on Tua being a good quarterback after just one season. I expect him to be much better in his second year, and he did show some signs of being able to do that during his rookie season last year. But as I said, he did struggle a lot at times as well. So we'll see what kind of quarterback Tua turns into. They did get him big help at the wide receiver position. They got him a lot of speed, a bigger deep threat at wide receiver. Devontae Parker can now work the middle and intermediate routes like he's so good at doing, while Will Fuller on the outside stretches the field, as well as newly drafted rookie Jalen Waddell, who just so happened to be one of Tua's favorite targets when they played together at Alabama. So they gave him a more favorable situation on offense, Tua that is. We'll see if he can make the most of it this season. They are surrounding him with the right weapons, and we'll see how that plays out for Tua and the Dolphins. The fourth and final team in this division is the New York Jets. Look, the Jets are going through a full rebuild right now. They just gave up on quarterback Sam Darnold, traded him away to the Carolina Panthers, used their second overall pick on Zach Wilson out of BYU. I do think Zach Wilson is a very talented quarterback, but because he didn't play against any real stiff competition in college, I think he's going to have a big learning curve, and he's going to have a lot of work to do to get to a high level. He has a chance of getting there, but I think he's going to struggle a lot in his rookie season as he gets up to speed with the better competition. They made a change at head coach. They brought in Robert Sala, who I think has a chance of actually being a very good head coach. I really liked him as a defensive coordinator in San Francisco. And then look, the Jets are just rebuilding their entire defense. They have a lot of work to do on the defensive side of the ball. Sala's a defensive guy. Maybe he can help get them there. I do not think that this is going to be the Jets' year at all. I think they're going to have another very bad season, though I think that their future is starting to look brighter and they are taking steps in the right direction. I just don't see it happening very well for them this season. And because of that, we're going to make our second win total play of this episode. I like under six wins 
for the Jets this year. I just don't see them winning that many games. I see them winning somewhere between three and five, maybe. So we're going to play under six wins for the Jets. Okay, so that wraps up the AFC East. Now let's move out to the AFC West, and I will start with the Kansas City Chiefs. Look, there's nothing bad that can be really said about this Kansas City Chiefs team. Since Patrick Mahomes took over the starting job three years ago, they've made it to the AFC Championship game in all three years. They made it to the Super Bowl twice and they won a Super Bowl. Patrick Mahomes has already won a Super Bowl MVP and a regular season MVP. And this combination of Mahomes and Andy Reid in their three seasons together, they have been the number one offense in the NFL in two out of those three years. I fully expect Mahomes to have another monster year like he always does. I think he'll be right in that MVP conversation again, as he should be. I think this offense will just continue being awesome for as long as Mahomes and Andy Reid keep working together. They do get back their two main weapons in Travis Kelsey and Tyreek Hill. They are one of the most lethal receiving combinations in the entire NFL. That trio of Mahomes, Kelsey, and Hill is what really drives this offense and why they've been so good and why they will continue to be so good in my opinion. I think that they can actually improve this season at the running back position with Clyde Edwards-Alaire in his second NFL season. He was okay in his first year. It seems like a lot of people are very down on the year that he had, but it really was not a bad season at all. He was pretty good. He did not take the league by storm like some people thought that he would in his rookie season, but just because he didn't do that does not mean that he didn't still have a very good year, which in my opinion he did. I think he can improve even further this year. He's a true dual threat type running back. He is an excellent receiver out of the backfield, and I think that the Chiefs are going to find ways this season to really utilize that weapon in his arsenal because it really might might be the best thing that he has going for them. Look for Clyde Edwards-Hilaire to really produce in the passing game out of the backfield this year, which would just add a whole nother dimension to this already dominant offense of the Chiefs. It looks unstoppable at times, so if they can even improve on that side of the ball, that's a scary thing for the rest of the NFL. The Chiefs' defense is a good defense. It's not an excellent defense. It's a defense that is definitely good enough considering how good their offense is all the time. As I said before, I mean, you know, what negative is there really to say about the Chiefs? I love their outlook this year. I think they're going to absolutely dominate this division again, especially considering the three other teams in this division are all big question mark teams as well. Also teams that, similar to like I said about the Dolphins and Patriots, they are very low floor, high ceiling, wide range of win type of teams. So I think that the Chiefs will easily run away with this division given the uncertainty of the competition, but let's be honest here, no matter who the competition was in their division, they'd be favored to win it anyway, so I do think they will do exactly that. I am not going to make it a betting play because the line is just way too steep. Minus 250 for a division winner is not the kind of juice that I'm ever looking to lay, so I think that the Chiefs easily win this division. I'm going to pass on the line to win the division, but I am going to take the over on the Chiefs' wins this year. It's a high line. It's at 12 and a half, but to be honest with you, I think that's still way too low for the Chiefs. At the 12 and a half line, that's saying at worst they would have to be 13 and 4 to go over. I can't see any way that the Chiefs win less than 13 games this season, especially considering they're 17 games now. As long as Patrick Mahomes stays healthy, of course. 
I think they'll easily win at least 13. They could even win 15 or 16, but I definitely can't see them being below that 13 number. So we're going to go over 12 and a half wins for the Chiefs this year. Okay, now let's move on to a team that's very interesting this season, and that is the LA Chargers. There are two main things that I think really make this team interesting heading into this season, and that is Justin Herbert and Derwin James. Justin Herbert last season as a rookie was absolutely phenomenal. He put up one of the better rookie quarterback seasons of all time. I know it's only one year, but it does look like the Chargers have found their quarterback of the future as long as he continues to play like he did last year. He has a pretty solid offense around him with some pretty good weapons like Austin Eckler in the running back spot, like one of the most reliable wide receivers in the NFL and Keenan Allen. He's not only one of the most reliable, but in my opinion, he's one of the most underrated players in the entire NFL. He's been so good consistently for so long, but he never gets any of the credit that any of the other wide receivers get. I'm a big fan of Keenan Allen, big fan of his game, and I think he's seriously underrated and needs to get a lot more credit than he does. But when it comes down to it, this offense is all about Justin Herbert, their young star quarterback. How he develops and how he plays and what kind of a quarterback he turns into is going to fully determine how this Chargers offense looks. To pair with their defense, which is really one of the better defenses in the NFL, they're definitely an underrated defense and a little bit of an under-the-radar defense. Joey Bosa rushing the passer is one of the absolute best in the entire NFL when he's healthy. And the big thing, as I mentioned at the beginning, is Derwin James. Derwin James has been out for a long time due to injury, but back when he was healthy, when he was himself, Derwin James is one of the single best defensive all-around players in the entire NFL. He's that good. He's top three, maybe top five all-around defensive players in football. He is a super utility guy. He can literally do everything. Such a difference maker from the safety position, but he's all over the field on the defensive side. So it looks like he's healthy again now. Again, he's been out for a very long time. If he can return to the usual version of him himself, this Chargers defense is going to be very, very good this year. So with a very good defense, and if Herbert can continue to play like he played last year, this Chargers team has a chance to be a really good team this year. I think they're going to be in the mix for playoff contention, but all things considered, I think that the future is bright for the Chargers. Moving on now to another interesting team that's out in the AFC West, and that is the Denver Broncos. On paper, from top to bottom, this is a very good roster. They have excellent skills position players. They get Cortland Sutton back this year at wide receiver to go along with Jerry Judy. Noah Fant is a young, dynamic tight end. They just drafted Javante Williams, who looks like a very, very promising rookie running back to pair with an already very good and established running back in Melvin Gordon. So again, they're loaded at the skill position on offense. On defense, they have a ton of great players as well. Von Miller comes back for this season. Justin Simmons is one of the best safeties in the entire NFL, and they're just good at all three levels on the defensive side of the ball. So again, this is a loaded roster, both on offense and on defense. They have good players coming back that didn't play last year, but the big problem for this team is at the most important position, and that is, of course, at quarterback. They've had a quarterback battle going on 
on in camp. Right now, it looks likely that Teddy Bridgewater is going to win that job over Drew Locke. Drew Locke is the younger of the two. Drew Locke is more of a gunslinger. He has more upside, but more downside as well. While Teddy Bridgewater is pretty consistently average. So these are two less than inspiring options at quarterback. There's a very old saying that if you have two quarterbacks, you have no quarterbacks. And I think that perfectly applies to the Denver Broncos situation. Two mediocre quarterbacks is not a good problem to have. I don't think they really have anybody who's the answer right now at quarterback. If it was me, I would be going with Drew Locke over Bridgewater because of his youth and because of his possible upside and because he still has a chance to develop into a better player at quarterback. While I think it's too late for Teddy Bridgewater to really be anything different or too much different than he already is, I think we already know exactly what you're going to get from Bridgewater. I would go with Locke if it was me. For now, it does look like they're going to be going with Bridgewater. Unfortunately for the Broncos, while they still have this mess of a situation at quarterback, they're really wasting a very good, strong, talented roster. I think they're going to be a mediocre team this year. Maybe they'll be able to compete for a wild card spot, but if this Broncos team had a quarterback, I think they would be one of the better teams in the entire AFC conference because they're ready to go at every other position. Unfortunately for them, that's not the case. The fourth and final team in the AFC West is, of course, the Las Vegas Raiders. This is another strange team. I mean, they could be competitive. I really don't like the Raiders roster at all when you look at it as a whole. Sure, they have a couple of good players here and there, but their entire roster construction as a whole, I'm not a big fan of it. I'm a little bit confused as to what direction this franchise is really heading in. I don't know if Derek Carr is really their long-term answer at quarterback. He has moments where he looks like he's really good. He has other moments where he looks like an absolute disaster. They played well as a team at times last year. They played really bad at other times. I'm just not a fan of the overall construction of what the Raiders are as a team. I like Josh Jacobs as a running back. I think he could have a monster year from the running back position, despite the fact that they have a ton of question marks on the offensive line. They basically completely changed their offensive line this offseason, which was very strange because that was one of their few strengths of this team that was probably their biggest strength was the offensive line so why they decided to tear it down and rebuild it this offseason not exactly sure so again I just think the Raiders are a mess I'm not very optimistic about their chances to compete this year okay so now that we have concluded the AFC West let's move on to the AFC North this is a very good solid division with the NFC West these are probably the two best divisions in the entire NFL the AFC North has three teams that will almost definitely be competing for playoff spots and then even the fourth team in the division is a team that is on the rise and may not be good this year but should be good eventually that team is the Cincinnati Bengals again they look like they have a pretty bright future in front of them with Joe Burrow at quarterback he missed most of his rookie season unfortunately due to injury he should be back and ready to go for his second season he's a very promising young quarterback he of course set almost every passing record for a single season that there was in his last year at LSU. He gets his favorite receiver from that LSU team in Jamar Chase, the 
Bengals drafted him in the first round this year, so that deadly connection of Burrow and Chase is now going from LSU to the Cincinnati Bengals. He will pair with another promising young receiver in T. Higgins, who had a huge rookie season last year and will look to build off of that this year. They have two good veterans on offense and wide receiver Boyd and running back Mixon. Look, this is a good offense and one that is definitely built well, and the organization has given Joe Burrow a very good situation to exceed. This is kind of an ideal situation for him on offense. Sure, the offensive line could use a little bit of work, but their offense is well on their way to put Joe Burrow in a good spot to succeed. Their defense, I think, still has a long way to go. Again, the future looks like it's pretty bright for the Bengals, and they could definitely be heading in the right direction. I just don't think they're there yet. I think this is going to be a tough year for them, but again, it's not about this year for the Bengals. The future looks like it could be promising. Moving on now to the next team in the AFC North, and that is the Baltimore Ravens, led by, of course, superstar quarterback Lamar Jackson, who, of course, really does most of his damage with his legs as opposed to his arm. He hasn't been terrible throwing the ball. He has not at all been a great traditional quarterback. Where he's truly lethal is with his legs, is with creating something out of nothing, and all the designed running plays that they make for him as well. He's one of the best rushers in the entire NFL period, not just one of the best rushing quarterbacks, one of the best rushers, period. So that's a great weapon for them to have. They utilize it well. He's already won an NFL MVP to his name. This Ravens team runs the ball better than anybody. They had the most rushing yards last season by a mile. Nobody was even close to them. It's what they do. They run the ball with a stable of running backs. With Lamar Jackson, they run the ball as well. And then they play very good defense. In particular, they are excellent in the secondary. They have very good corners that match up with just about anybody. They can get pressure on the quarterback. They play an old school philosophy of running in defense, but they do it in a very new school style. So it's really interesting to see the creativity of head coach John Harbaugh at work, taking an old concept and modernizing it to work in this new age of football. A lot of credit to him to be able to pull that off. Nobody in the NFL plays like the Ravens. They are a unique challenge for anybody that faces them. They have been good and competitive and one of the best teams in the AFC for the past few years now. Unfortunately for them, they keep coming up short in the postseason, but they have been pretty dominant in the regular season. I expect them to have another good year as well. I actually think that their over-under for the season is set a little bit low right now, especially considering that this year is a 17-game season. Their over-under is 11 right now. Again, I think that's a little bit low for the Ravens and how good they've been in the regular season for the last few years. Because of that, I am taking the over on the Ravens, over 11 wins on the season. Moving on now to the third team in the North, and that is the Cleveland Browns. Look, there is a lot of hype around the Cleveland Browns coming into this season. A lot of people are very, very high on this team. I understand why. Their roster is very, very strong on paper. Some people may actually think that they have the strongest roster from head to toe in the NFL. It's definitely up there. It's definitely one of them. They get a huge boost on the defensive side of the ball by signing Jadavian Clowney to pair with Miles Garrett, who's one of the best, if not the absolute best, pass rusher in the entire NFL. Adding Clowney to play on the opposite side of him is going to cause a lot of problems for opposing offenses and trying to slow down that pass rush. On offense, they're one of the better rushing teams in the NFL, thanks to the new scheme of head coach Kevin Stefanski. They feed both of their running backs in Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt. They run the ball as good as just about anybody in the NFL, one of the better rushing attacks in the game. And then they, of course, have two very solid 
solid veteran wide receivers in Odell Beckham Jr. and Jarvis Landry. They have Hooper and Njoko at tight end. So again, their roster is very, very strong from top to bottom. One of the better looking rosters in the NFL. But for me, I'm just not a believer in Baker Mayfield at quarterback. I never have been. I'm still not now. I don't hate Baker Mayfield. I think that he is a mediocre quarterback. It may be an average quarterback. I just don't see him as the guy who's really going to lead this team to glory, in my opinion. I know he had a good season last year, and I think that he could have another good year this year. It could be like last year. It could possibly be even better. But again, just for me, I'm not a believer in Baker Mayfield being the guy that's going to go out there and win them games when they need him the most. I still don't trust him. I never really have. And because I'm not big on Baker, I'm not as big on the Browns this year as most people are. Moving on now to the final team in this division, and that is, of course, the Pittsburgh Steelers. The Steelers had a very strange season last year. They started the year 11-0, looking like the best team in football, undefeated more than halfway through the season. And then they really struggled down the stretch after that. They ended up getting beaten in their playoff game against the Cleveland Browns. And again, after that hot start that they were off to, they really looked like a whole different team down the stretch and not in a good way. A lot of that is because they were not running the ball at all. They, I think that they were throwing the ball way too much. There were some rumors coming out that Ben Roethlisberger may have been changing the plays in the huddle. We don't know if that's 100% true or not, but that is a possibility. Again, I think that they got way too far away from the rushing game. They got way too pass happy. I understand if they're going to be a pass first team because they do have very, very good receivers. Roethlisberger has a nice trio that he can throw the ball to in Deontay Johnson, Juju Smith-Schuster, and Chase Claypool. That is just as good of a trio as just about any other team in football. And of course, year after year, they have one of the best defenses in football. I think that they will be one of the better defenses again this year. TJ Watt is one of the best pass rushers in the NFL. Minka Fitzpatrick on the back end is an excellent playmaker. And they also get the luxury of getting back one of their best all-around players on the roster in Devin Bush who they did not have last year. So again, there are a lot of things to like about this Steelers team. They had a very strange season. I think that this year they will get back to the rushing game as much as they can. They did just use their first round draft pick on Najee Harris, a beast of a running back out of Alabama. I think he has potential to have a very good year if their offensive line can hold up. They did lose three of their starters on the offensive line and did not necessarily find big solutions for that problem. So again, there's a lot to like about this Steelers team. I think that they can actually have a very good season this year. Contingent on two things, that they are committed to running the ball and don't get too pass happy as they did later last year. And if their offensive line can hold up a little bit. If those two things can happen this year, I expect the Steelers to have double digit wins this season. I expect them to make yet another postseason appearance. So I am going to be making a little bit of a play on the Steelers. This is a value play. It's a little bit of a long shot underdog play. I do like the value. I love the price that you can get for this, considering how good they were for more than half of last season. If they can get back to looking like that again and can fix some of the problems that hurt them down the stretch, I do think that they can bounce back strong this year. And that is why I'm going to take this long shot high price for good value of the Pittsburgh Steelers to win the AFC North division at plus 500. Five to one on your money on the Pittsburgh Steelers 
Steelers to win the AFC North. Okay, now moving on to the fourth and final division in the AFC, and that is the AFC South. I will start with the Indianapolis Colts. Look, the Colts, the way I feel about this team is very similar to the way I feel about the Browns in that they have a very, very good roster, and when you look at them head-to-toe, position-by-position, they match up with just about anybody in the NFL, but the issue that I have with the Colts is the same that I have in the Browns and that I just don't believe in or trust the quarterback. The Colts traded for Carson Wentz this offseason. They believe that they are getting a huge upgrade at the quarterback position. They will be pairing him back up with Frank Reich. Frank Reich, who is the head coach now of the Colts, was the offensive coordinator for the Eagles back when Wentz was playing at an MVP caliber. It's been a long time since then. I don't think that Wentz is the same player now that he was then. I don't have any faith at all that he's ever going to get back to that. He was an absolute disaster last season. He was one of the very worst quarterbacks in the entire NFL statistically. He was a turnover machine. He was throwing interceptions. He was fumbling the ball. Again, I just don't have much faith at all that Wentz is ever going to look like he used to look like. I think he won't be as bad this year as he was last year. I think he'll be somewhere in the middle of those two things back when he used to be great and last year when he used to be terrible. I think maybe he'll be somewhere in the middle of great and terrible and that's more like an average at best quarterback in my opinion because I don't believe in the quarterback in Indianapolis. I do think that they can have a good season, possibly make another playoff run like they did last year because of how good the rest of the roster is. But with that issue at quarterback, I don't really see the Colts going anywhere. Moving on now to a team that I am a big believer in this year, and that is the Tennessee Titans. And the reason that I'm such a big believer in this team this year is because their offense is absolutely loaded. Last year, they tied with the Buffalo Bills as the second best offense in the entire NFL. And there is great reason to believe that they are going to be even better on offense this year than they were last year because of the trade that they made to acquire superstar Julio Jones. Julio is arguably the best receiver in the last decade in the entire NFL. He has been consistently awesome in all his years with the Atlanta Falcons. In every season of his career that he played at least 14 games, all of those seasons he recorded over 1,000 yards. And he's also had three separate seasons where he's recorded over 100 receptions. So again, he's been consistently amazing for this whole decade that he's been in the league. He will now join the Tennessee Titans and play opposite of a young emerging superstar wide receiver in A.J. Brown. Brown has recorded over a thousand yards in each of his two seasons in the NFL as well. So this tandem here of A.J. Brown and Julio Jones is maybe the best one-two punch at receiver of anybody in the entire NFL. They are both big dominating type receivers who can definitely beat you deep but also run good routes. It's going to be a very troublesome combination for defenses to try to cover. You can't double team both of them, especially not when the Titans also have Derrick Henry at running back who was coming off of a season in 2020 where he rushed for over 2,000 yards. So this creates a major problem for defenses trying to match up with this Titans offense. They have two superstar wide receivers on the outside and the most dominating rusher in football 
football, running the ball. So if you want to try to stack the box and slow down Derrick Henry, Jones and Brown are going to burn you on the outside. In particular, it's going to put the opposing safeties in no man's land in a very tough situation. Do they stay over the top to protect against the deep ball? Do they try to double up on Julio? Do they try to load up the box and slow down Henry? It's kind of a pick your poison situation. I think that this offense has sky high potential to possibly even be the number one offense in the NFL. I think they create a major, major problem for defenses trying to cover them up. And I say all of that without even mentioning their quarterback, Ryan Tannehill, who I think is one of the most underrated quarterbacks in the entire NFL. He is very, very good, especially off of the play action. When teams have to respect that run to Henry, he can create off that action. That's usually where he's at his best. And again, I just think he's one of the more underrated quarterbacks. Last season, he was actually ranked fourth in the entire NFL in total QBR. So he is a top-tier quarterback. I have him as a top-10 quarterback in the NFL. I think he is a lot better than most people give him credit for. So they're just loaded across the board on offense. Their defense, I know that their defense is still a problem. They were one of the worst defenses in football last year. They overcame it with a good offense. I think that their offense is going to be much better this year, even than they were last year. And I think that their defense could improve as well. They did sign Bud Dupree in free agency. That's going to help them with rushing the passer. Look, I'm not saying that their defense is going to be good. I do think that it's still a problem for them, defense, especially on the back end. But I just think that this offense is going to score a ton of points. I think they're going to move the ball at will. They can run the ball and milk the clock with Derrick Henry at running back. I really, really love this Titans team this year. I do think that they're going to win this division. But the play that I am going to make on the Titans is the over for their season win total. Right now, it only sits at nine. I think that's very low. All they have to do is be above 500 this year for that over nine bet. I expect them to win 11 or more games, if I'm being honest. So I think this is an easy play. Titans over nine wins. Moving on now to the Houston Texans. Look, I really don't have a whole lot to say about this team. I think they're an absolute disaster. Their roster is terrible. Along with the Lions, these are the two worst rosters in football by far, especially for the Texans if Deshaun Watson does not play. He has been dealing with a lot of legal trouble this offseason, which has not come to a conclusion yet. It's unclear if he's going to play this year and if he does play when he's going to play. That's still completely up in the air. If Watson doesn't play this year, this Texans team is going to be absolutely horrible. They might not even win a game, maybe one or two if they're lucky, but this roster is really bad. Their one thing that saves them is the fact that Deshaun Watson is still an absolute superstar at quarterback. He led the NFL in passing yards last season. He is a top five quarterback in my opinion. So if Watson does play, the Texans can maybe be respectable and win maybe five or six games if they're lucky tops. But if Watson doesn't play, it's going to be really hard for them to find a win anywhere because they really don't have many bright spots at all on this roster. So again, the Watson situation still being up in the air. The rest of the roster is an absolute disaster. The Texans just need to tear it all down and start over, start from scratch, start building something because they're a mess right now. Okay, now moving on to the 16th and final team in the AFC, and that is the Jacksonville Jaguars. Look, it's not about wins and losses at all for this Jaguars team this year. It's all about the future for the Jags. They had the number one overall pick in the draft. They selected Trevor Lawrence out of Clemson. He's an absolutely generational talent. Some scouts have said that he's the best quarterback prospect 
ever, while just about every scout agrees that at worst, he's the best prospect since Andrew Luck. So sky is the absolute limit for the potential of Trevor Lawrence as a quarterback. This Jags team is still not very good, but as I just said, it's not about wins and losses. It's about Trevor Lawrence. It's about developing him as a player, harnessing his potential, and helping him develop into the superstar that he is supposed to be. That may not happen this year. It could happen at some point this year. It could happen next year. I think it's important for them to be patient. I think that they will do exactly that. I think that they know exactly what I'm saying and that they have a once in a lifetime opportunity with Lawrence at quarterback to really have something special. Everything that they do from here forward needs to be about his growth and development because if he can play as good as he's rated as a prospect, he's one of the most special talents at quarterback that we've ever seen in NFL history. Just because the talent is there, just because that's there, doesn't mean he will turn into that, but the Jags need to do everything in their power to make sure that they give him the best chance to become that. They started that process by hiring a guy at head coach that they think is going to help get him there, and that is college coaching legend Urban Meyer. He will come to the pros. I think the main reason, of course, he came to the pros is because he's getting the opportunity to coach Trevor Lawrence. We will see how this Urban Meyer-Trevor Lawrence pairing works out. It's not about this season. It's about a three-year plan, a five-year plan, what they can be later, not what they can be now. They need to build their offensive line as strong as they can, keep surrounding him with weapons, and hope that he lives up to his massive potential that comes with him. But with that being said, that wraps up the AFC preview episode of the podcast. I covered all 16 teams from the AFC. Just as a recap of the betting picks that I gave you in this episode, I'm taking a shot at a really nice price at the Steelers to win the AFC North Division at plus 500. I have the Bills over 11 wins, the Jets under 6 wins, the Chiefs over 12.5 wins, the Ravens over 11 wins, and the Titans over 9 wins. Those are the six plays that I made throughout this episode. I will have more season-long betting picks next week in our third episode of this four-week season preview NFL series. I hope you come back and join me for that episode. In the meantime, make sure you do go check out those La Terrain watches, the best luxury watches and accessories on the market. Their website is la-terrain.com. L-A-T-O-U-R-A-I-N-E.com. When you go to checkout, make sure you use my promo code, three capital letters, A-H-S, at checkout. That'll give you 10% off your entire order, so make sure you take advantage of that. You can always get more information on this and for everything relating to this podcast on my Twitter and my Instagram. The handle is at Adam Hulse Sports, so make sure you go and follow me there, at Adam Hulse Sports. I hope you come back and join me again next week. Until then, this has been Adam Hulse. Thanks for listening.